When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com, a proud affiliate of the Hockey News. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwat, and it's one of my favorite episodes of the year as we wrap up Prediction Week here on the tip of the iceberg. We're going to have wall-to-wall predictions, and if you're watching us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins, you can see over to my left that there is the three different categories we're going to break this down into. Penguins team leaders, that's goals, penalty minutes, power play points, points, Penguins individual predictions, breakout players, uh, best first year players, you know, Sidney Crosby points, Tristan Jari wins, all that fun stuff, division finish. And then we're going to give our league wide predictions at the end of the episode, including mine and Horwath's 2024 Stanley Cup final predictions. Stay tuned for that, of course. But listen, it has been a hectic preseason, Horwath. Lots of competition going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins. They did have a preseason game. Yesterday evening, falling 2-1 to one on home ice to the Detroit Red Wings. We're not going to get into it much. Not very many of the NHL players did play. Saw some encouraging signs from some guys that are on the bubble. Alex Nedeljkovic had a pretty good game. I'd say Alex Nylander also had a pretty good game. Uh, Vinny Henestroza was very evident. And you know what? Shout out to Jansen Harkins. Really solid team debut. I thought he obviously was very present and very much in the forefront of that game. Certainly a pest, certainly something that the Penguins don't have much of, and a guy that I thought had some pretty good offensive upside too, picking up a primary on the lone goal for the Penguins of Xavier Ouellette. Before we get into predictions, just any thoughts on last night's game? Yeah, I'm glad glad you mentioned Harkins. He's uh, someone that was an extremely late add to this intense roster competition that the Penguins are having, especially in the bottom six, and honestly, whenever I first saw the name, I didn't think anything of it, of Kind of looked at looked at him as the as another redeems a hornet type coming into it. Just, I mean, what space do we have for someone like him in this roster? Turns out, uh, quite a bit apparently. Uh, Mike Sullivan said like this is like Kyle Dubas brought him in for a reason. He's not here just to be fodder. He's gonna have his he's gonna have his chances. He's gonna have his reps, and he's earning every second that he's getting. Again, he doesn't have much time, but. Looks like he's going to get more looks than 
couple of other names that might just be getting the axe. I'm not going to say it today. I'm not going to say I'm assuming there are roster cuts coming today. (laughs) But when the next round occurs, uh, it seems like he may survive for a little bit longer. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, they have to become roster and cap compliant by next Monday, October 9th, with the season starting on October 10th. And with the season starting... It is prediction week, Horwat. so let's kick things off with team leader predictions and the one that has simply been the most undeniable prediction every single year. Who will lead the Pittsburgh Penguins in penalty minutes in the 2023-24 season? Last year, Evgeny Malkin went perfect. 82 for 82. 82 penalty minutes in 82 games for Evgeny Malkin leading the Pittsburgh Penguins last season. Do you think he repeats once again as the Penguins leader in PIMS? I'm not sure if he does, and honestly, I didn't look around enough um, at some of the other guys to see what they do penalty uh, penalty numbers-wise, uh, but it's looking like it could be him again, yeah. but if anyone else was to give him a fight, I mean, who else kind of has a hothead on this team? We don't really have anyone who's really chippy anymore. We don't have that sort of, um, I don't even know how to put it, the, uh, the, the grinder type. We don't really have... Or not even grinder, just the physical type. We don't really have too much of that anymore. Second place last year was Marcus Patterson. So, truthfully, who are we landing on aside from Malkin? I don't think it'll be him, but because I don't know how how a bunch of these new guys, um, you know, really are going to contribute in terms of, you know, taking penalties and stuff like that, I'll screw it. I'll land on Malkin again. Yeah. The only person I, think I can so. think of really is Nolachari, and simply because it's a guy that I could see get into a couple scraps, getting a couple five-minute majors, but nobody, you know, Malkin is good for at least one or two ten-minute majors a, a season. And with that, mm-hmm. plus the fact that he goes red mist probably once every ten games, so maybe like eight times a season, yeah, I find it hard to believe anybody is gonna gonna pass Malkin. You mentioned that Marcus Pedersen finished in second. Do you have the numbers in front of you as to how many penalty minutes Pedersen had? Because Malkin's eighty-two, I feel like was uh, far and away the most penalty minutes on the Penguins last year. Yeah, I did. And before I get to there, you said you mentioned Nolachari. I thought the same thing. He had twenty-one last year. So maybe I mean he's he's not a guy that I think of as a fighter, but I thought okay, who's the scrappiest player that's at least supposed to make the roster? And it's right. Nolachari, but I guess not a, not somebody that takes very many penalties, but also not somebody that's on the ice uh, as much as to a guy take. like huh, uh, Evgeny Malkin to take penalties. Yeah. So, yeah, Evgeny Malkin had 82. Marcus Patterson landed in second. You have to remember he had two fighting majors. That adds 10 minutes to his 58-minute total. So, still, 20, 24 penalty minutes separating. Like, that is so yeah. many penalty minutes. So. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say Evgeny Malkin will probably lead the Pittsburgh Penguins in PIMS once again. Uh, let's move over to goals because this is one that last year, you know, Jake Gensel had a quote unquote down season. There were times where he just could not score at five on five, a lot of empty net goals, but he finished with 36 and he led the Pittsburgh Penguins once again. Who do you think this season with Gensel maybe missing time we don't know I mean certainly positive uh you know news on that front that has been coming this week who do you think leads the Penguins in goals in 2023-24 fairly easy I'm sticking with Jake Gensel again yeah okay well to make this a little bit more interesting because I have Jake Gensel as well how many goals do you think he scores in 2023-24 because a lot of these if we have the same one uh, a lot of these we're just gonna ask you a second question and uh try to get a bonus prediction in here how many goals does Gensel score uh this season absolutely it's the way it should be if we keep nailing down the same names I don't think we will though 
Uh, that being said, uh, let's see. He had 36 last year in 78 and was considered a down year. You know, I keep pushing to, to see a 50-goal season every year I miss one. I just don't know if it'll happen. Um, but I'll go north of 40, and I'll give him 45. I'll kind of split the difference there uh, and say that's the season he's going to have, especially if he's playing alongside a hungry Sidney Crosby, playing a lot of time with a good puck mover in uh, Eric Carlson, and if that power play can figure it out. Yeah, somebody that's going to be the good numbers. Yeah, somebody that plays in the net front like Jake Gensel could get a lot of deflection goals, could get a lot of rebound goals if that power play does figure it out. So I agree that I would put him over 40 goals this year. I don't know if I'd quite go to 45. I think I max out at 43 because I think he, he has this season in a contract year, a year where he does set a career high. I think he does have, you know, that desire that, you know, that I don't want to say anger. After last season, but I, a lot of these Penguins are, are coming into the season angry at what happened last season. And I feel like Jake Gensel, chief among them, I mean, he, he scored 36 goals and there were still people out there that were saying, oh man, he had a, he had a bad year. And he led the Penguins in goals. So I have him, uh, you know, setting a career high in goals this year. Uh, I'd put it 43, though. I, it's, for some reason, that number sticks out in my head. I, I think that's that's around where he finishes this season, 43. You say 45. Um, I just, I can't, I can't see him getting to 45 plus. Like, like that's, that was the marker that I set when I, where I was doing this and, and I just, you know, deducted one, but you know, it'd be nice to see him get up to 45 and even 50, but uh, let's keep it moving here. Power play points. Last season of Genny Malkin led the team with 36, 11 of those goals and 25 assists. Who do you think leads the team in power play points, despite the fact that they haven't scored on the power play uh, with the top unit in preseason? Don't worry, none of the power play has scored yet. Yeah. Um, except for maybe one of those early teams where it was we just a bunch of guys. I'm gonna say Sidney Crosby. I think eventually it will get going. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say it will all flow through him, but I just feel like he'll end up touching the puck the most, uh, and at least on term in terms of contributing, I think he's gonna have. Fair amount of assists from that spot. Like I said, if Jake Gensel is able to pick up you know, 45 goals, who knows how many of those are power play goals. Um, feeds from Sidge, you know, net front presence from Gensel. There should be a ton of points coming in from Sid, I think, on the power play. Yeah, here's the thing with Sid. I've always kind of been a little confused about his positioning on the power play. Not to, not to say that he's not good from where he's at, but it does kind of take him out of, of the power play a little bit. Obviously, Malkin has the better one-timer, hence the reason Malkin is up on the right half wall and you don't want sit at the point because you know a guy like Latang or this season a guy like Carlson certainly has that skill set and is somebody that can really lean into that position and Crosby also is one of the best players in deflecting the puck and that is kind of his office down there but it seems like it does take him out of play I mean last year he didn't even have 30 power play points even though he played the entire 82 games with Evgeny Malkin and Malkin finished with 36 when you say you know the power play goes through Crosby, I, I think regardless of how it changes, because we could see a couple different iterations of that top mm -hmm. power play unit until they figure things out. Eric Carlson is probably going to be the one you know thorough through the one guy that is always yeah, on yeah. there, and the guy that they're going to try the most to have it run through on the point. And if it doesn't work out at the point, you're going to have a guy like that in the left half wall, and he's shown to be good in that area as well. So I'm going to say it's going to be Eric Carlson. Although last season, it does concern me a little bit that only 27 of his 101 points were on the power play. Now, the Sharks were 25th in the NHL on the power play. So it's not like they had a great unit and he wasn't contributing. I just do think it, it, it I, I think it ends up being him because I do think that since everything runs through him, Malkin's one-timers, Malkin's 
perfect feeds for one-time goals are all probably going to be connected to Eric Carlson. And with only five guys on the ice and two, three guys picking up points on every power play goal, at least supposedly, I think Eric Carlson more often than not is going to be on that list. So I have Eric Carlson leading the Penguins in power play points. Yeah, what you need to look at, though, is, is did Eric Carlson lead the Sharks despite the low numbers in his power in, in those power play points as well? And it looks like he did with those 27, 22 of them being assists. Um, tied. Thomas Hurdle had 16 and 6, or 6 and 16, I should say. So pretty close. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, the, the power play will filter through defensemen mostly. I just think um, there's something different about Crosby this year that um, every opportunity he can to do something, he's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a hunger this year. There's going to be extremely high expectations. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, filtering everything through Carlson is good for those assist numbers, but I just think there's something interesting about Sid banging in a few extra, and a few extra more than normal. Um, do we know, I mean, uh, we don't have to look into it now, uh, do we know the last time Sid's led the team in power play points? I do not. I'm sure it's happened that, a couple no. times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's happened once or twice in his 18 years with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but I don't have that off the top of my head. Um, I, it's usually Malkin because of where Malkin plays. You know, Malkin has yeah. been, it's been Malkin and Latang since 2010 when Sergei Gonchar left. So, you know, that's been the two players that have touched the puck pretty much on every single power play as long as, you know, as long as they're healthy. They're, they're the ones out there running the show. And Crosby, you know, he's a deflection guy. He's a guy that get it down low when they try to break the box of the of the penalty kill. And he, he's a guy that doesn't touch the puck nearly as much as you would expect uh, from the player that has been one of the best in the world for, for 18 years. So um, I do have Carlson. You have Malkin? Or you said Crosby? Yeah, I said Sid for that. Okay, so we both expect a new leader uh, for the Penguins in, in 2023-24. Let's finish this segment off with points. Who will lead the Pittsburgh Penguins in scoring in general? Last season, Sidney Crosby had 93 points, 33 goals, and 60 assists. Horwat, who leads the Penguins in points in 2023-24? Uh, just because I keep saying it's going to be a big year for Sid, <clears throat> I'm just going to say that trend continues again. This is an easy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure we will get into ex- the exact numbers in a few moments as well. So just we can leave it at this one for Sidney Crosby, I'm assuming, on both ends. Uh, yeah, I also have Sidney Crosby leading the Penguins. There was a conversation to be had about Eric Carlson because, I mean, simply put, last season, Eric Carlson scored more points than Sidney Crosby. He yeah. had 101, Crosby had 93. But with Carlson coming over to the Penguins, uh, I still see this as Sidney Crosby's team. I see this as a team that succeeds on the back of Sidney Crosby, uh, as well as you know guys like Malkin and, and Latang and Carlson and, and Gensel. But at the end of the day, Sidney Crosby sets the tone, and there's a reason that he's led this team in points a lot throughout his career. Again, I don't have that number off the top of my head. That's one I should have. Um, but looking at this season, I mean, 100 points, that's the question we're going to have to ask. But last year, he mm-hmm. was on pace for over 100 points throughout at least 60 70% of the season. Now, he didn't finish the year in a very Crosby-esque manner with everything on the line. He scored 10 points in the final 14 games. Uh, which, again, solid NHL numbers, just not Crosby-esque when a team has got to have it. So it was weird. It seemed like he kind of ran out of gas at some point, but it feels like he's out to prove something this season. Not that he has anything to prove, but he feels like he has, you know, he's out to prove something this season, and that's a dangerous thing for the rest of the league. So I see him pushing for 100 points. I think the last time he had that was 2018-19, where he went at exactly 100 um, but 
I see him pushing for 100 points. I could see him getting somewhere between that and the and the 105 mark. Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption too. Um, and as for, you know, the Eric Carlson discussion, just to kind of hit on all your bullet points and then we can move on. Mm-hmm. You have to remember the quote-unquote Eric Carlson regression that we're all expecting. Now, don't make, me ta- yeah, don't make me tap the sign. He's going to regress because a defenseman isn't going to score 100 points again. So, yes, there will be a decrease in production. But, again, we keep thinking if he can get to 70, 80, every time we have this discussion, it pushes to 90 sometimes. If he can get to those kind of levels, sure, it's a regression, but it is far more than what we were expecting. Chris Letang, who has uh, been the offensive production from the blue line for years now in, in Pittsburgh, his career high is only 68 or something like that. He had it a couple seasons ago. Uh, and if Carlson's able to exceed that, we're in a good place. The Penguins are in a good place if Carlson can just beat that number out. Um and, in ter- and also when it comes to Crosby leading the team of points, I think Malkin's done it twice. Mm-hmm. And both times Crosby was out. Other than that, it's been all Crosby. Yeah. So 16 years maybe of his 18. Uh, and that trend's just likely to continue. Same thing with at least a point per game. So expect at least 82 points out of the guy. And you're thinking 100. Uh, we'll get there. I think you might be able to flirt with it. Yeah, we'll get to our exact predictions for how many points Sidney Crosby will score after the break when we get to Penn's individual mm-hmm. predictions. But uh, to, to stat check you there, you mentioned it. You were correct. 68 points is the career high for, for Chris Letang in 78 games during the 2021-22 season. So, you know, if Eric Carlson comes in and puts up 80 points. That's the most the Penguins have seen from a defenseman in what 13 years, 14, probably longer. Because uh, I don't think Sergey Gontar ever not, got there. Yeah, it's I did in a story. It's Larry Murphy in I think 97. Jesus, so it's a lot. It's a lot longer than you'd think. We haven't had many offensive defensemen. Gontar was a thing, but he was a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, two-way defenseman. He could yeah. score, but he was also really stout defensively. So you didn't see over-the-top production, at least in his years here. I don't remember his Capitals numbers. Yeah. Um, and like we said, Latang's been leading the pack, but has capped out at 68. So if we're able to get someone to 70, 80, suddenly it's the best defense we've seen since the RoboPen era. Scoring so. wise, yes. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't. The best defenseman we've seen since the RoboPen's era is probably still Chris Latang. When it comes to exactly. all-encompassing positional actual performance probably yes. still Chris Letang but uh, Eric Carlson offensively yeah you can't refute it but uh, that is going to be it for this segment we're going to take a quick break when we return Penguins individual predictions win totals Sidney Crosby's over under points breakout players most improved best newcomer and more after the break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast and the most hectic episode of the Tip of the Iceberg every single season because all in all, we're going to give you 16 plus our little bonus predictions. We might get up to over 20 predictions in this episode and, and we're going to link exactly what predictions we made in the description below if you're on YouTube. Let us know in the comments. What do you think is going to happen this season? How do you see any of these little markets and these little predictions that we're talking about play out? Again, inside the Penguins on YouTube, or if you would like, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast from and just let us know what do you think is going to happen this season with some of these predictions. But let's continue this one here on the tip of the iceberg. Penguins individual predictions. And I want to start with the guy that is between the pipes wearing the white pads because that's what management wanted to see uh Tristan Jari what is his win total gonna be career high is at 34 last season he had 24 but let's not forget he missed I believe seven of eight weeks and during a stretch from January to March last year and he still came up with 24 wins how many wins do you see Tristan Jari having so when coming to this prediction I don't think you look too closely at last at last year's numbers sure that's a good jumping off point but um, you should look at his career year in the year before and start basing the numbers off of there because we think he's able to exceed those numbers even. And for the Penguins to really be in a good spot, especially with a new defensive-minded bottom six ahead of him, there should be a few fewer pucks on him. Um, and I think he's going to need to flirt with 40 wins to really push the Penguins in the right direction. I'm not going to say 40, but I'm going to say maybe 37 or 38. And I'll kind of leave it broad like that. See, I, I think that's over-predicting there for, for Tristan Jari, personally. Because last year, if you look at the league leaders and wins, 40 was the number. I don't see Tristan Jari is somebody that's going to lead the NHL in victories for a goaltender. But I do think that he does finish with over 30, once again. I, I think that's a good marker for goaltenders to hit. If you can consistently do that, then you're one, playing on a good team, and two, uh, performing pretty well between the pipes when it comes to wins-wise, I think he has 32. I don't think he sets a new career high this season simply because I see him finishing around 7th and 10th, like between those two spots in all goaltending categories this year. I think that's the sweet spot for Tristan Jari if he's healthy with the team that he has in front of him. 7th and 10th is where I'm really going to look for him to finish in a lot of these categories. And when it comes to wins last season, 7th place was Vitek Vanacek of the, the New Jersey Devils. He had 33 wins. And 10th was Stuart Skinner of the Edmonton Oilers with 29 wins. So between that and the fact that I, I do like what I see from Alex Nedeljkovic, I think the Penguins will be smart. Mike Sullivan will be smart and try to do what he didn't do with Casey and Smith all those years, which is make sure Tristan Jari isn't overworked because that's the way the mm -hmm. NHL right now. You don't have a workhorse number one that's going to play 60-plus games. At least most teams don't. So I don't think Tristan Jari gets to 60 games played. And with that, I do think that he finishes with 32 victories. I think he plays around 50 to 52 games. And you see Alex Nedeljkovic for 30 if all things go well. That's fair enough, too. I think, Especially because Nedeljkovic is trying to re revitalize his career a little bit. Mm -hmm. If he's able to... If Nedeljkovic himself is able to catch some fire, there's no reason why he shouldn't start two games in a row, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh maybe give you know Jari a, a week off depending on how they want to do things uh, it's going to be an interesting season because you're running out right now you're still running with a starter and a backup considering the seasons Nadelkovic is coming off of mm -hmm. 
Toward the end of the year, though, you genuinely could have a 1A, 1B, and is that not the golden situation for this team? I mean, the golden situation apparently was with the Golden Knights last year where you had a 1A, 1B, 1C, and 1D, um, and 1D <laughs> ended up being Aiden Hill, and he went and won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and then then there was your B guy, finally, uh, or your number two, who also squeezed in there for a couple of games. So, yeah. And that was their fifth option. I mean, yeah, you're right, but... Um, in terms of the golden situation for the Penguins is both of them staying healthy and yes. becoming a 1A and 1B. Let's point blank start there. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be where it's all important. Uh, Nadalkovich is up for a huge season too. The Penguins are in a weird situation because, let's be real, this goaltending could go either way. Like, let's just be honest for a second. Yeah. Uh, they both have something to prove, and it's not guaranteed that both of them are going to prove it. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's goaltending. In the National Hockey League, that is, that is, you know... Webster's Dictionary of Hockey, goaltending, voodoo. Yep. It could go either way. It could go yeah. either way. Now, I choose to believe, especially what I've seen so far, that Jari and Adelkovich, who have both looked stellar in the preseason, are going to be good in the mm-hmm. regular season. But as I tweeted out last night, the Steelers have shown me preseason results don't really mean all that much. So. You're right. <laughs> The Steelers have hurt me a lot this season. Uh, So we're going to move on. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Sidney Crosby points. We kind of talked about it a tad in the opening segment. I have here over 90. I think we're going to call an audible here, Horwat, because I think both of us are going to say way over 90. Yes. Okay, so let's say over under. Here's the official prediction. Over under 100 points for Sidney Crosby in the 2023-24 season. That's a better line to set if you're a bookmaker. That, you know, yeah, it is. And I know you're pushing for that 100, what, what number did you say, 105? Or whatever you said just a few moments ago. Man, I don't know about 100. I really don't. I know scoring is up in the NHL, and we know Crosby's going to come in wanting to be better than what he was last year. 100 is still just a hard number to hit, and I don't want to say one that only the young kids are hitting, but one that... Um, only right now the best of the best are getting and with a ton of help from their team. I don't know. And, and I know everything I'm saying is like, oh, that, clearly he's going to get 100. How about 99? <laughs> You're going to say under 100 with 99. Just barely. You, you really, yeah, I don't know what it is. You really price is right to this, aren't you? Uh, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to say over 100 because I think Gensel has a good season. I think... Ricard Raquel stays on Crosby's line more than 50% of the year. Like, he did 50% last year, and we've already seen this preseason that that chemistry, again, is ridiculous. And he's going to have Chris Letang, and when he doesn't have Chris Letang, he's going to have Eric Carlson, and I do think the power play is going to take a stride forward. So, I do see the Pittsburgh Penguins, one, in a much better position as an organization as the season goes on. Last year, it was all Crosby. And yes... It wore him down. Not to mention the fact that this was a team fighting from behind from the very beginning of the season. They won like five of their first six games. Then they lost seven straight for the first time in a decade and a half. They were on their back foot almost the entire season. Losing streaks, winning streaks, losing streaks, winning streaks. That takes a toll. And you saw it took a toll on Crosby, and he had 10 points in his last 14 games, like I mentioned. I think that Mm -hmm. the team will be in a bunch better position. I think the team is a little bit better as a whole when it comes to talent. Certainly Eric Carlson is a major step up from Jeff Petrie, but the team as a whole has stepped up a little bit better. The defense is not going to be in their own zone. You're not going to have to shift the momentum every single time you get out on the ice for a series or for a series 
every time you get out on the ice for a shift. And I think that's going to play in Crosby's favor. 93 points last year. I see him going over 100 because that's where he was at most of last season. And with a better team around him, with a better situation heading into the season, I think this is another year that he finally, after five years, gets back to that century mark. It might be the last time ever. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it is because it's Sidney Crosby. It's Sidney Patrick Crosby, and I know damn well that I should not doubt him. But I do think this is a year where he finally gets back to the century mark. I'll say 104. There it is. Uh, yeah, and that's not an awful prediction either. I think there's some genuine conversation to be had about Sidney Crosby putting up 100 points in the same vein. And I did a small story on this yesterday. There's a little conversation to be had that Connor Bedard could be keeping up with them all year too. So yeah. it, with the with the honest, if you look at it, regression of Sidney Crosby over the years, it's slow, but it's there. And just how good Connor Bedard might be right away. And I've seen a ton of people being conservative with some Connor Bedard predictions, saying 60, 50, 70 points. Don't be surprised if that kid's a point per game, if not over that already. It's there's going to be something to be had there. He might genuinely be keeping up with Crosby. We don't know about McDavid numbers. <laughs> we'll get to but yeah. We'll Connor get we'll, Bedard, we'll get to Connor McDavid numbers here in the next segment. But yeah, but but um, Connor Bedard might be able to keep up with Crosby all season. So there's also that you know not that they're playing each other all the time, but there's also that to keep an eye on mm-hmm. that if Crosby isn't pushing a hundred or is you know coasting around just a point per game, eighty to ninety to ninety nine. Connor Bedard might be right there with him. The NHL has only seen a rookie score 100 points seven times. I don't expect it to happen again, but that's it. The numbers aren't phenomenal for rookies, and Connor Bedard looks better than most. Yeah, we'll get to the Calder race here in this last segment when we talk about league-wide mm-hmm. predictions. Connor Bedard, Logan Cooley, Adam Fantilli is certainly going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. But uh, we're taking a little bit longer here. Uh, let, let's run through yeah. some of these. We have uh, five more in this segment. Jesus. Uh, breakout player, I'm going Sam Poulin. I said the same thing last year. It did not happen. He did make his NHL debut last year, played in a handful of games. I think three was the final count. He's looked really good in the preseason. He's shown a little bit more offensive potential here in the preseason. He's finishing his opportunities in the preseason. He's an absolute beast down low in the offensive zone. He's great on the forecheck. He's physical. He's getting into it after the whistle. I'd love to see him be the midseason call-up for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I think it's going to get to a point as long as, like I said, and I continue to say it, those four months off last year, if his conditioning can continue to stay at the pace that it's at right now, I think he's going to be an undeniable call-up midway through the season. So I think that ends up making him the breakout player for the Penguins because I also don't think... He's not going to get called up to be a fourth-line center or a fourth-line winger. He's going to get called up to be a third-liner. And when you need it in the Pittsburgh Penguins, like Lars Eller, I've, I've liked what I've seen from Lars Eller, but if you can get a guy in sample in to come up and be the guy that you expected him to be, a first-round pick type of player as your third-line center, you know that's going to end up being huge dividends for the Penguins. So I have sample in as my breakout player. Uh, I like that. Uh prediction as well i'm going to stick with someone who's going to start in the lineup they'll go drew o'connor okay. and he's going to break out in a different way because we always look at offense and scoring as way of breaking out i think for drew o'connor this season is going to be a lot of 200 foot game big basing his game on both sides of the ice uh, and being a solid productive uh forward as well as um 
back-checking, as well as playing good defensively, being a good penalty killer. It's going gonna, gonna to be an all-encompassing game for Drew O'Connor, I think. If he can stay healthy, playing all 82 would be enough to really say he's the breakout player of this team. Okay, so let's move over to, to most improved. I do like your pick of Drew O'Connor there. Most improved player for the Penguins this year. I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, Brian Rust, just because we know he needs to... We talked about it a bunch already this offseason. He needs to find that game again. He needs to push those numbers that we know he can hit. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to go too much into detail. We just know that he needs to do it, and I feel like he has the ability to. And, again, with this new revamped roster should be, he should have a ton of help with him uh, my most improved goes to Tristan Jari I, I said it at the beginning of this segment I said it at the outset I've said it since they signed him I expect him to have a bounce back season last year obviously started off really well um, that's why his numbers don't look absolutely dreadful but it ended horribly for Tristan Jari part of that is injury you know secondly you look and see him do that in a contract year and it makes it look even worse um, but he gets re-signed He's back in a good headspace. He's looking healthy. He's looking confident. Um, and like I said, I think he's going to finish in the top 10 in all, all goaltending statistics, at least the major ones. Goals allowed average, save percentage, goals saved above expected, wins. Um, so uh, with that in mind, I, I do think that he is the most improved for the Pittsburgh Penguins because last year there were times where you were like, man, he is losing the Penguins games. I think this year you're mm -hmm. going to say more often, man, he really is winning the Penguins a lot of games. So uh, I have uh, Tristan Jari for most improved. Best newcomer, let me preface this. Eric Carlson, right? Uh, that's who I had, yeah. Yeah, Eric Carlson. So that's our our prediction is is Eric Carlson because it, it's obvious. Like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, yes, it's going to be Eric Carlson. Second pick for me, Ryan Graves. I think he is going to be a huge factor on the left side of Eric, or not Eric Carlson. He might play with Eric Carlson eventually, uh, but to start the season with Chris Letang, I think, you know, Graves is somebody that fills a hole that the Penguins have had for a couple of years since Brian Dumlin really started to take a dip. I think it was after his first ankle surgery that, that he really kind of took a step back from that dominant defensive defenseman. Uh, and I think Graves gives you exactly that this season. So Carlson one, Graves two, that's how I see a uh, best newcomer. Yeah, everyone's been impressed with the size of Ryan Graves, so he'll be a ton of fun. And for me, it's Carlson one, Alex Nedeljkovich two. Mm. Uh, like we mentioned before, he's both goalies going into this season uh, have something to prove. They have something to really strive for. For Jari, it's getting back in place as the Penguins, no doubt, number one starting goalie and the guy for them for the future. Whereas Alex Nedeljkovic, it's He's only got a year contract. He's looking to rebound his career and become and becoming likely somewhat another team's starting goalie next year. Mm -hmm. um, don't expect Nadelkovich to be here after this year unless he likes being a backup to or at least a one B. Who knows what the situation turns out to be at the end of the year? But for now, he's looking. He's likely looking to become a starter in the league again. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got a great little training ground right here in Pittsburgh to do it. Uh, expect him to. Be a solid, uh, a solid addition to this team for this season. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Let's go to total wins for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Last season, they dropped at least a half dozen games late in the third period. A lot of blown leads for the <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins last season. I think they're a better team this year, and they get some of those wins where they didn't last season. So I have them at 47 wins this season. 47 is a good number. I was trying. I never. I hadn't come up with a number until I just started looking around right now, trying to see where other teams had landed. Um, I mean, they picked up 40 last year, and you're, we're all assuming a big boost uh, going into this season. I could see 47 as well. Maybe um, 
I don't want to say 50, but I do want to say 47, maybe north of that as well. Okay. Well, 47 for 47. That's where we're at if for I'm, total if wins. I'm thinking, if I'm thinking Jari's going to flirt with 40, you got to space it there. Yeah, and if you like Alex Nedeljkovic to be your most improved. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> most right, improved. 50. <laughs> most improved. Seven wins. <laughs> Yes, 50 it is, guys. 50 it is for the Pittsburgh Penguins from Nick Horwat. Let's finish this segment with the vision finish. I still see the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils in a tier of their own in this division. I just do. I think going into the season on paper, they're both really good. Last year, they proved that they're both really good. I find it hard to believe that anybody is going to oust those two. And then I think it comes down to the Penguins and the Rangers. I think there is a thin margin between those two teams. Um, but considering what the Rangers were able to do last season, finishing third, and considering some of the goaltending that they have, some of the top-tier talent that they have, and I don't know what a hairless Artemi Panarin is going to look like. So uh, I'm going to go with the Penguins in fourth. Um, that's where I stand on them right now. I need to see it work a little bit more. You know, it, it's great. On, in theory, the additions were great. The team is better. I need to see it play out before I can say they're better than a team in the New York Rangers that were much more impressive than them last season. So here's the thing about where I'm sitting. First of all, get ready for a lot of New Jersey Devils slander this season. I don't know if they're going to do what they did last year. Wow. Uh, I mean, in fairness, there was a lot of New Jersey Devils slander to start last season, too. A lot of Yeah, they well, they started 0-2, and, and then their fans called for Lindy Ruff's head, and then they, all, they went to the playoffs for the first time in, like, six years. Then they won, like, 17 in a row. So. Yeah. Um, get ready for a lot of that for me this year, though. And also, you have to figure, I said 50 wins. Uh, the division lead last year was 52, I, and I'm assuming the teams above the Penguins will get better, aside from the Devils. I'm assuming the Hurricanes will get better. I don't know about the Rangers yet. I'm going to say the Penguins finished third. Okay. Sorry, I should say second with 50 wins. I'm going to say second. Okay. Just to really drive home that this team needs to be in a better place, right? We already know this. We already know they need that home ice advantage. They need to become a much better version of themselves from last year they missed by a point last year yeah uh, and that was with 47 no 40 wins 40 wins that was just with 40 wins clean i mean a 12 win improvement's huge uh for 52 yeah but i mean it's gonna be hard to really knock down 50 and i know my predictions have been all over the place but i think if this team can hit second that's a pretty good place to take yourself into the postseason home ice advantage for sure yeah so and also both western conference divisions uh were won by teams with only 51 wins so yeah i the western conference was very <laughs> very much a crapshoot last year if you remember correctly uh it's the final two weeks of the season there was like seven teams vying for for the playoffs still that oh yeah and like five of them didn't make it it was very close in the Western Conference last year. I think the only teams that really separated themselves were, I believe, Vegas and Edmonton separated in the Pacific, but that was even a close close one there. The Flames, for the longest time, were, like, in the race, and then they, you know, they didn't. Very much weren't. Yeah, they, they, they didn't make the playoffs. Um, but The Avalanche separated themselves, too, but of course they did. They do all the time. Yeah, they're the Avs. I mean, and they were injured for the first half of the season. But, I mean, this is a good segue into our league predictions, which is what we're going to finish the show off with next. Uh, we're just going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, league predictions, including... Stanley Cup final predictions from the preseason. So take that for what you will. But they're the teams that we're going to be following all year long because they are our preseason picks for the Stanley Cup final. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. If this is your first time tuning in to the Tip of the Iceberg, first of all, welcome. Second of all, we promise it's not this fast-paced all the time. We just have a lot of predictions to make because it is prediction week. It is our full prediction, wall-to-wall prediction episode. I said that way too many times. Uh, and we are to the portion now where we're talking about league predictions. We've given all of our Penguins predictions, team leaders in the first segment, individual predictions for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a.k.a. breakout players, most improved, team wins, team division finish. That was all in the second segment for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now let's get into some league predictions. Calder Trophy. Uh Sprinkled in a little Calder talk with Connor Bedard earlier. Who do you think wins the Calder? Do you think it's it's Connor Bedard? And do you think it's walking away and not even close? So I do think it's going to be Connor Bedard, but I do think it'll be close. And I bet he gets the edge because of all the hype that he's had going into the season, going into the draft even, mm-hmm. um, and all of the eyes that will be following him all season. And not that guys like Logan Cooley... Uh, Devin Levi even, Adam Fantilli, there's going to be a bunch of names in the fight. I don't think it's going to be an easy walk-away race, but I think just because all of the hype that's gone into him, all of the expectations, and like I just said, if he's chasing down Sidney Crosby in points, (laughs) forget it. That's just going to help him along the way. Yeah. Um, So I expect it to be Connor Bedard for sure, but it won't be a runaway. Connor Bedard has been touted as the next Sidney Crosby. So it's apropos that the next Sidney Crosby also doesn't win the Calder Trophy in his rookie year. He's ousted by a player that was drafted a year prior, but making his NHL debut the same year. That's Logan Cooley. I have Logan Cooley, the Pittsburgh kid, uh, winning the Calder Trophy. I think it's going to be a great race. I really think mm-hmm. a lot of people are, are you know, undervaluing what Logan Cooley is going to bring to an Arizona Coyotes team that desperately needs positive news from start to finish in a season. And I think Logan Cooley is going to be the first guy to bring that to the Coyotes in a long time. Uh, I, he's going to have to be ridiculous, though. Like you mentioned, he's going up against the next generational talent that plays for an original six franchise. You're going to need to do a lot to sway the voters in that aspect. You're also not going to get as much national airtime as a guy playing in Chicago. So you're going to have to do a lot of impressive things if you're Logan Cooley, and you're going to have to take advantage of those games that you do get in the national eye, whether it be on TNT or ESPN Plus exclusive or ESPN exclusive. You're going to have to play well in those games. I just think that Logan Cooley, in the position that he's in, playing with either Jason Zucker or maybe even playing alongside Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz, I think that he's in a better position in that division because remember both of these guys play in the same division I think he's in a better position speaking of that he's he needs to outperform Connor Bedard when they go face to face like he just has to absolutely so yeah I have Logan Cooley I I think it's gonna be a good year for the Pittsburgh kids so I have him winning the Calder uh let's move over to Rocket Richard last year Connor McDavid ran the triple crown Richard Art Ross Hart Trophy he hit the triple crown this is going to be the first domino to fall, I think. I don't think he wins the Rocket Richard this year. I'm giving it to the guy Maybe that finished either. second last year and David Pasternak. I think a lot of people are oh. starting to kind of disrespect the Bruins, a team that, yes, were historically good last year and then just absolutely laid an egg in the playoffs. But I do see David Pasternak with Patrice Bergeron gone with those, I think it was 100th, like their centennial jerseys. They look better on the ice than they did in, in in the promos. I will say that. I, I do think that he goes out there and he wins the rocket. Um, this is where you're gonna really enjoy my predictions. I think uh, because 
as much as that is a fun pick, I can't go with it because I genuinely think the Avalanche are going to explode this year. And you're right, I don't think Connor McDavid's going to hold on to as many of these awards as he did uh, and get ready for Miko Rantanen, ladies and gentlemen. He had 55 last year. Yeah. The quietest 55-goal season I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is also based on predictions that I had to give to the Hockey News uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I gave Rantanen 58 to lead the league this year. Okay. Um, and that's, you know, he put up 55 last year, just three more on a team that's that I'm also predicting to really explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an easy choice for at least for me in my head, to take Rantanen going into this season. Okay, so Rantanen and Pasternak, neither of us taking Connor McDavid for Rocket Richard. One of us probably will take uh, Connor McDavid for Art Ross Trophy, which is where we're headed next. I have Connor McDavid. I mean, he has scored 153 yeah. points last season. Now, the only reason that I slowed down a little bit on this prediction is because of what I saw Nikita Kucherov do following his monster season. He had 128 points. In 2018-19, then he had 85 points in 2019-20. Now he did miss some games; he would have had a 102-point pace, but that's still a, a 26-point drop after having a, a historic season. Nikita Kucherov is an animal. He's not Connor McDavid. Nobody's Connor McDavid. So I'm not picking against Connor McDavid when it comes to the Art Ross Trophy. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still going with Connor McDavid for the Art Ross as well. It's just the way it is. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about it. And while we're... I know a lot of people are putting a ton of hype into McDavid and Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving Dreisaitl that hype. I don't know why. I just never have. Yeah, I mean, nobody's ever given Malkin that hype, so it kind of makes sense. There you go. Uh, with that, Connor McDavid for the heart seems pretty evident again. Oh, does it? Nathan McKinnon might have a really good year if I if you... my predictions keep lining up. You're Listen, big on the abs. Be this year big on the abs big abs guy this year especially if they can find a goalie whoops i <laughs> mean no it's Georgiev um, led the league in wins last year but that might be because he played he, for the abs so one of isn't he hurt now because all this talk I haven't, I haven't looked into it i just keep seeing all of this talk about watch for the goalies to hit the waivers and every time the colorado avalanche name keeps popping up and i don't know why so <laughs> i haven't looked into it i don't know what's going on but that being said Nathan McKinnon leading the Avalanche scoring-wise, he might keep up with McDavid in terms of art, in terms of the Art Ross race. Will he beat McDavid? Obviously not. I don't think so. But if he's able to keep up, people love a good, especially these voters, they love a good narrative. Connor, er, Nathan McKinnon carrying his own narrative could be huge for his uh, talk in the Hart Trophy race. And also, if Crosby is able to kind of sort of keep up, with <clears throat> McDavid in that race as well, same thing. Yeah, I'm trying to find if I, I don't see anything anywhere that says Alexander Gorgiev is injured. Maybe they just need a backup then. They Pavel might. Francouz is hurt. But I, I just keep seeing the Avalanche's name pop up around um, goaltending in the waivers. But also, yeah, you're, uh, Georgiev had the quietest 40 win season last year as well. So. All eyes on Colorado, at least both of my eyes on Colorado this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gorgiev and Pavel Francouz are their two goaltenders. So far, neither of them say that they're injured. So I don't know. Um, I guess you know. I'm just seeing what I'm. I'm just saying I, what I'm seeing. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I just you know, <laughs> I, I'm just just stat checking, just fact checking. But maybe I mean, people are saying that because look at what the Vegas Golden Knights did last year. They needed yeah, more than two. Too. They needed more than two. So uh, fair enough. I like it. The other name that I'm going to be watching in the Hart Trophy race, although I do think it's still going to be McDavid, 
Jason Robertson. I am like how you are with the Avs. I am with the Stars as a team. I think they're going to go off. I think Jake Ottinger is going to be fantastic this year. If we were going to do Norris, I don't like the Norris trophy. I, I don't think that it's a trophy that actually makes sense considering it's supposed to be given to the best defenseman when it's really just whoever scores the most points as a defenseman. Like, sorry, Eric Carlson, don't mean to say that about you, but it, it's true. <laughs> I was going to say Miro Haskinen is probably up there, but Jason Robertson had 109 points last season. Fourth in heart voting. Still feels like nobody talks about him. Like, it still feels fair, yeah. like nobody talks about Jason Robertson, so I expect him to go out there and have a good season. But all right, we've reached the point, Horwat. Last prediction, we've given... We have given over 20 predictions with our, our second place votes and, you know, keep an eye out for this person. We've given over 20 predictions, but this is technically a three in one Eastern conference champion, Western conference champion, Stanley cup champion, all in one pick. What do you think the Stanley cup final is going to be? And who is the 2024 Stanley cup champions? All right, here we go. You're ready for a lot of this because here's where a lot of people turn the podcast off because I mentioned the Colorado Avalanche a bunch already, and this is the, and I'm reading word not word for word, but I'm reading the email that I sent in my predictions. I will take the Pittsburgh Penguins beating the Carol the Colorado or the Colorado Avalanche <laughs> in the finals. Is it a lot of homerism? Sure. Can the Penguins bounce back? Absolutely. I also said Mike Sullivan should win the uh, Jack Adams. the Jack Adams this year. So hey, you know what? <laughs> Have at it, everybody. Sorry for the homerism. If anything else, my second choice will just be straight up Colorado. Boom. So your Stanley Cup champion is Colorado <laughs> beating the Pittsburgh Penguins. Reverse that, buddy. Oh, you have the Penguins beating the Colorado yeah, I Avalanche. Do. I mean, it didn't go I well did. at the Nova Scotia Showdown. Do you really think a repeat of that in the Stanley Cup final is gonna gonna behoove the Penguins? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I don't know, man. I just want to see it. Uh, but yeah, McCannon versus Crosby, certainly an interesting Stanley Cup final. Yeah. And I obviously don't discredit the fact that the Colorado Avalanche are a tremendous team mm -hmm. and they won the Stanley Cup two years ago. And I would not be surprised if they went out there and they were a favorite once again. They are a favorite once again. I don't know if they're going to be. If is not even in the equation. The Colorado Avalanche are going to be one of the best teams in the National Hockey League this season. The Pittsburgh Penguins... It's a jump, bud. That's a jump. It is. I, it's a huge one. I, I'm not quite there yet with the Pittsburgh Penguins, as you could probably tell by me saying they're going to finish fourth in the Metropolitan Division. At least that's that's my prediction as I sit here today on October 5th of 2023. But my Stanley Cup final, Boston Bruins coming out of the Eastern Conference, Dallas Stars coming out of the Western Conference, and I think Jason Robertson, Miro Haskinen, Jake Ottinger, they win it all. Dallas Stars win third straight year for the Western Conference. That's my prediction. So I, as for the Boston piece, I think they're set to take a huge step back. That's just me. Uh, Dallas, I don't totally hate that. Mm -hmm. um, I keep you, you mentioned it last time. I think it's also probably part of partly the market they play in. It's not going to get the same hockey buzz. It's not going to get the same attention in the in the realm of the sport. I keep forgetting they have Jake Ottinger, Ottinger down there, but between the pipes, um, who could very easily fight for a, a Vesna this year. Jason Robertson's a, a monster. That depth is aging in terms of Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn, but they're guys that can still do things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I I like that option too. 
Um, but maybe it's just because I haven't seen them play it this year. That Again, that market doesn't feed a lot of national attention. We'll see how it goes. I like that choice, though. I just think Boston's set for a huge setback. Well, I'll talk bigger about than, Boston in a second. Expected. I'll talk about yeah. Boston in a second with you. But when I look at Dallas's roster, this is a team that won a playoff series last year. That, yes, they didn't perform well in the second round, but their goaltender ran out of gas. Right? Ottinger ran out of gas because he was holding down the fourth that entire time. The defense kind of left him out to dry. But I look at this roster. Yeah, you mentioned Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. They do not nearly need to do the heavy lifting that they did before. Rupe Hintz is on that team. Mason Marchman had a down year last year. He's on that team. You have Pavelski. You have Matt Duchesne over there this year. You have Evgeny Dodonov over there. I love this team. They picked up Sam Steele on a quick deal. I I think that was a good move for the bottom of their lineup. And then their defense. I mean, Haskinen, we all know. Lindell is phenomenal, and I just think that with that team as an entire team and in the Western Conference that we saw last year is very, very volatile. I think that's a team that could take advantage. That is a team that I think is a really stellar, stellar position to go on a run this season, and I do really like the Dallas Stars. And the Boston Bruins, you mentioned it, you think they're in for a massive regression. Well, they were a historic, again, Same thing as the Eric Carlson thing. They were historically the best team in hockey history last year. Yes, they're going to regress. They lost Patrice Bergeron. Yes, they're going to regress. But from a leadership standpoint, Brad Marchand's not a bad guy to have in there. Coaching standpoint, they're pretty set up there too with Jim Montgomery. Goaltending standpoint, yes. Do I expect Linus Allmark to be the Vezina Trophy winning goaltender again? No. Do I expect him to perform at that level? No, but do I love the fact that Jeremy Swayman is not just a capable 1B? I think they have two 1As on their hand. Now, do I think that they're going to be first place in the Atlantic? No, I do think they take a step back. There's going to be a figuring out process and a feeling out process with that team, but all they got to do is get in the playoffs. And if you remember, when the Tampa Bay Lightning, when the Tampa Bay Lightning went out there, were historically good in the regular season, then crapped the bet in the playoffs. What did they do the next two years? Went and won the Stanley Cup. What did they do the year after that? Went and lost the Stanley Cup, but made it through Stanley Cup finals. I'm not going to say that that's what Boston's going to do. I just think they're going to do it this year. They won two Stanley Cup finals in back-to-back COVID years. Um, Not to throw an asterisk on it, but I'm going to throw an asterisk on it. Uh, Just for the sake of this conversation. Um, I said multiple times before that that's a legitimate cup. Those are legitimate cups. Give it to them. But for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to give it to them just because I I don't care. Yeah. Um, and also the, the the Carlson comparison. You're right. Like yeah, they had the historic season. They're going to regress. You know, eventually. Uh, of course, they're going to reg- regress this season. Yeah. Something about this year with the with the Bruins though, I just don't like it. I, per, losing Bergeron is big. That's going to hurt. Losing Krejci as well is going to be kind of big. Uh, don't forget, they also lost Taylor Hall. Um, if I'm not, I think there's another name they uh, lost. I mean, Nick Foligno, but, but depth guy. You never know. Um, yeah, but that's a lot of that's a lot to drop uh, all at once. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. The goaltending is going to still be good. I think Linus Allmark's season was a bit of an anomaly. So I would genuinely expect Jeremy Swayman to be the starter there. For, for, at least he should be all season. Don't care. Hmm. But sometimes goalies, I say this all the time, goalies have their one big season. Yeah. And then there's nothing nothing like that again. I'd expect that from Allmark. Um, 
I just don't see it this year. I'm not saying they'll miss the playoffs, uh, but I'm saying don't. See, I just don't see great things in their future. Adding Milan Lucic too. Come on, that's a vibes. That's a vibe signing. That's not a he's going to help us signing. It is a vibe signing, but that's not the reason I'm saying they're going to go to the Stanley Cup final now. No, it's not, but he's not going to do them any favors. No, but even the Colorado Avalanche won a Stanley Cup with Jack Johnson. It, was he playing in all those games? That he was? Third pairing defenseman, Jack Johnson on the Stanley Cup winning Colorado Avalanche. Former first round pick Jack Johnson, you get it right. Okay. Where was Lucic taken? <laughs> also in the first round, I think. <laughs> that being uh, that said, I'm not sure. I hold on. Before we end this, I'm going to find that because it'll take me five seconds. He was a second round, fiftieth overall. Yep. In two thousand six. Fifty. I don't know. He's he's gonna hurt more than he helps. But that being said, we can wrap this. We're getting long here. Yeah, we're getting a little long winded. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins as your Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> I think that is the uh, that is one hundred percent the headline of this this episode here. Nick Horwat predicts the Pittsburgh Penguins will be the twenty twenty four Stanley Cup champions. Love to see it. Screw I'd it. love to. I'd love to cover it. Uh, I do have the Dallas Stars winning it all though. But uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. I know, very long episode, a lot of information, a lot of predictions. Let us know in the comment section who you think is gonna win the Stanley Cup. Let us know in the comment section what you think of all of the predictions we've went over here in this 55-minute episode. And let us know how excited you are for the NHL season to start in five days. Five days. The NHL season. Drops the puck. Pittsburgh Penguins will be the second game of the entire year. First one, Tampa Bay-Nashville. Second one, Bedard, Crosby in Pittsburgh at the paint bucket with the massive scoreboard with the better-than-everybody-says score bug. On, oh, wait, no, it's not going to be on Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Well, <laughs> you know, I think that's how we end it there. You know, tried to do something, failed. But that's it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.